0: The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, Poly, Queer, Transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. or as he is known around the kink and fetish community.
1: Hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and to our listeners, welcome. The Countdown to FetishCon continues. FetishCon takes place in St. Petersburg, Florida, August 10th through 13th. You can get your all-access passes at fetishcon.com. It's an amazing week that brings the fetish world together. And one of those people is a legendary fetish model who now helps coach new content creators to be their best selves? Anastasia Pierce is a legendary fetish model known for her cosplay, superheroine, and amazing fetish videos. But now in her second chapter, she's still doing the fetish videos, but she's also teaching you how to be the best content creator you can be as the creator relations person for loyal fans. She's an award-winning creator who loves to inspire new people to get into the business and help the people who are in the business be even better at what they do. Anastasia Pierce on what women and other wonderful humans want.
0: They are the questions that establish the story. Five questions about firsts, bringing back the genesis of the character behind the human. It's the first five,
1: and it starts now. First time you ever walked into FetishCon, and were you wondering what it was all about?
2: Okay, Uh, first time, I think my first year was 2004. (laughs) Talk about a long time ago. And I was mesmerized by the outfits more than anything, because in my opinion, it was the most dressed up fetish party I had ever walked in. Mm -hmm. And it was very glamorous. Everybody had, you know, big hair, makeup and crazy outfits. It was a lot of good mood. So I loved it because I felt right at home, but I loved the glamour of it. I thought it was really stunning. And it was not in a club environment, which I was used to. It was in a ballroom more environment, fancy hotel. So it felt like a level higher than other parties I went to.
1: Do you remember the outfit you wore that first time? I do.
2: I wore a see-through, it was very daring, see-through blue latex dress that Miss Joel Marcel had gifted me and it was from a Canadian designer and I had no underwear and it was very different.
1: <laughs> but I am sure you are absolutely stunning.
2: Ah, uh, thank you. It was great, it was great because I had done uh, a lot of Gwen Media movies by the time mm-hmm. and a lot of the actresses, uh, creators in, I mean, participant in those movies were there in person. So I felt surrounded by friends, but uh, it was it was very different. And I have to say, all the fans that I think I really think is one thing about Fetish con. I'm sorry, I'm I'm going way over that first question. No,
1: I but, love it.
2: <laughs> I think it's one of the only events I have attended worldwide that the fans are 100 percent included in everything. Like there is no separation of This is a person in the industry and this is a fan. Like we are all together on the red carpet, mingling at the parties, in the hallways. And I love that part. I love that it feels more like a big family.
1: First time you step up on the stage at FetishCon to present whatever it was. So what was it? Do you remember?
2: So it, it, it took a long time for me to step on the stage at FetishCon. So the award show have only been going on for five years. So before that, there were none, but they had the Sunday night party. And I remember Stacey Burke was hosting it. So I probably re- did some stuff with her, but I also did, you know, a lot of uh, exhibit work for Clips for Sale on their stage there. And that was exciting. I just definitely, I did a lot of the superhero showdown and there's always a big crowd footage, which is fun because you reenact scenes you would be doing for a movie, except there's a big crowd and everybody's cheering. So that was probably it, superhero showdown with George Perez.
1: First time you made a friend at FetishCon, do you remember who it was?
2: So Jeffrey is gonna love that. There's Bimbo Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey is a regular uh, king- kingster who goes to all the parties around the world. And I had bumped into him many times and he was trying to convince Jin Bordeaux and I that he was gonna put an event together and blah, blah, blah. And sure enough, we became really good friends, and he became one of Jean's main uh, slave. Mm. But I also remember first time I bumped into Rubber Doll. I didn't know her, and first time I bumped into my friend Sybil Minelli, who is now one of my best friends as well. So it's I've made a lot of really really good friends throughout the years, and getting to know them more each year and, uh, you know, taking that friendship outside of there as well.
1: First time at FetishCon, something surprised you?
2: (laughs) When a hurricane hit. (laughs) 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 That would be a surprise. And we were all stuck way longer than we expected. The event was it's like we lost electricity. There was no elevator. We were staying on the 12th floor and we were still get dressing up in latex and high heels and going up and down. It was crazy. And that went on for three days. There was until they... They had no more running water. That became a problem. No more food. And unfortunately, the airport was still closed. So I went to stay with Paige Richards, another model who lived at the time in a trailer. And uh, a hurricane in a trailer in Florida, I don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was there, definitely unexpected. But you know, funny enough. Nobody left. Like so many people stayed and the party went on until it was no longer possible. And I think that was the reassuring. I remember shooting bondage in the middle of the hurricane and the water was coming for the week.
1: Just great.
2: The fun kept going on. <laughs> there was no reason to stop.
1: That is indeed a memory and more memories to share when we come back. It's what women and other wonderful humans want with the wonderful Anastasia Pierce. We're presented by Dayton and Kinky and we'll be back in just a moment.
0: We do this show without paid advertisers and provide it to you as a labor of love. If you want to help the show, as well as contribute to CatSuit's conference fund to get live interviews and teach some amazing classes, you can give at bit.ly slash thanks, Now let's hear from some of CatSuit's friends with some messages for you. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. This is Alicia
2: Zadig author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert.
0: My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative,
2: eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine.
1: Yes Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at YesMistress.com
0: We invite you to connect with us on social media so you can follow all the great news about the show. You can find us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1 on Instagram at WhatWomenWantPodcast and on FetLife at www.podcast And if you want to follow the host, that's easy as on Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife he is Hi There Catsuit. And now back to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want presented by Dating
1: Kinky. Welcome back to the program. I'm John also known as Hi There Catsuit on the official podcast of FetishCon. Joined by someone who is synonymous with that gathering, Anastasia Pierce. It is great to have you along with us.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited.
1: You, you realize I- you changed my life last year.
2: Oh, get out.
1: <laughs> and here's why I say that.
2: Okay, now I'm bright red.
1: <laughs> John, hi there, cat suit, walks in on Thursday night don't know much of anybody except maybe people who I have interviewed and you become my personal publicist. <laughs> Thank you. You start introducing me to people and I am just gobsmacked by all the people you're introducing me to. Oh,
2: that means so much to me. I'm so, I, you know, I didn't know it I didn't know it meant so much to you. I had no clue until now. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Fetish Khan is a place where you can walk in and suddenly you realize you're home.
2: Yes. Yes. It really is. It, it really is inclusive. I mean, we always talk about inclusivity, inclusivity, but I mean, this is like the, uh, like as, as much as it gets. And there's so much trust and everybody's everybody's treated the same way.
1: People of around the king community have been going, wow, it's really strange that everybody has their pictures taken and it's it's why are they allowing pictures to be taken by the press? And I explained that FetishCon is a place to be seen. If you have to hide, Fetish cons, probably not the place for you, but masks are easily available.
2: <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people in hoods, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's people with all kinds of profession that comes and attends.
1: But the beautiful thing about it is, it is a place to be seen. It is a place to celebrate who you are. When did you first discover who you were?
2: I don't it's really I don't have a certain moment that just clicked, but I knew when I went to FetishCon from the beginning, and at the beginning I shared the room with two other girls. We had one king-size bed for three girls. (laughs) We were all going to shoot, so we were there to work. We were getting hired. We felt safe because we were doing a lot of work with a lot of producers on on site, which was great because. I didn't have to go anywhere else. I could just take the elevator and go to work and be done and then have a great time afterwards. So maybe, you know, just it clicked once. I felt I was getting hired by people and people wanted to hire me and other people doing the same thing as me, recognized me as their own. Maybe that's what it is.
1: Do you remember the first scene you did at a fetish con?
2: Not the first one, but I remember. Oh, my God, which was terrible. This guy, (laughs) (laughs) he was he was sweet. okay, but he did some things that were just not right. He used to do sweater fetish. So you in Florida, it's 100 degree and very humid and very stuffy. (laughs) And we would wear wool sweater, wool skirt, wool mittens, wool, wool hats, wool scarves, and then get tied up.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: That was, that was like a little bit mind-blowing to be doing this in the middle of summer in Florida. Thank God they had AC, but still it was a lot. And then he proceeded to want to tie my hand to the fire extinguisher on the ceiling. You know the little thing that Yes, the
1: sprinklers.
2: I had to like cut the scene off and explain to him, you cannot do this. Like never, not with me, not with anybody. We will all get evacuated. You will ruin the event for everyone. (laughs) I forbid you (laughs) to tie anybody to this ever. And then
1: it worked. Note (laughs) to newbies, fire sprinklers are not hard points.
2: Yeah. And then one thing I will recommend to newbie is bring your own ball gags. Yes, Interesting. There's such a turnaround and you want, you know, we all put it in our mouth. And I think it's easy enough to have a red or black ball gag and to take with you, so you know, number one, if it's your mouth right. And you have your own cooties on it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, sorry, I got my own. Thank you very much. (laughs) Do you have a favorite scene that you shot at FetishCon? Oh, there's been a few. I
2: I shot super cool um, cosplay stuff with Ludella, and those were some of my favorites. Because she's East Coast and I'm West Coast, we were only able to shoot with each other uh, twice at FetishCon, and that was great to collaborate with somebody who is doing sort of the same thing I was. I remember shooting with Vesta and Genesis, some really cool damsel in distress classic stuff. It was really fun. How did, there's been so many shoots, so many. And it's always fun. Always, always, always. I really, I highly recommend doing trades while there. You can always tell your friend, I'm going to be in room 420 for the next hour. You know, you can have people drop you off and pick you up. Uh, You can ask other people on site. Thursday night is great for mingling and finding collaborations. It's, It's great for people who've been doing this a long time. And for newbies, it's such a safe environment. And it, it has gotten even safer with the years because they added like security. You can even enter now the hotel without a badge, which didn't used to be the case. Mm-hmm. But so I, I think as far as that, it's as positive as it gets in our job. Yes, for safety and, and, and all of it.
1: When you shoot at FetishCon, Obviously, there's the hotel room. There's sometimes the hallway, sometimes the stairs. But the hotel that it's in actually creates this amazing opportunity for so many different places to shoot. What was the most interesting place you shot in that hotel?
2: Uh, I should foot fetish stuff in the pool. when Mm -hmm. it was on top of the roof with Randy Moore and Kendra James. So we were like fully dressed in latex in the pool and playing footsies. So that was really cool to be able to do that in a you know, fancy hotel. So that was great. Um, Where else did I shoot? A little bit everywhere. A little bit everywhere, really. Yeah.
1: Speaking damsel to damsel. Because I think you may know, I identify in my scenes as damsel. Okay. Yeah,
2: I do. I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> and that is my joy. Tie me up and tell me I'm captured and I'm the happiest person in the world. And if you beat me, I'm even happier. <laughs> How do you get yourself into that mind state to be able to have so much fun in doing it, but also. Do you get into that mind state of wow? This is kind of fun. So
2: I did so much damsel work at fetish Khan, and people had such different rigging techniques, and they came from different parts of the world, and a lot of them could not hire people in this business outside of that event because it's hard for people to fly to another country just to fly, to shoot a few hours. So the ex their excitement became my excitement they're you know talking ahead of time and planning it and then getting there and the, so, some were just collectioners of of their own it was for a hobby really they were just people who enjoyed it and some people were producers um it, i liked I, I liked being a damsel i just i was like ooh I'm getting captured in this hotel room and I'm just going to struggle around. And and I don't know. I just liked it. I
1: just enjoyed it every day. Were you always a little bit of a ham growing up? I have I've done
2: fake movies in my head with everybody in my neighborhood as long as I can. Yeah. There used to be more spaghetti westerns and I was, you know, tying up people, getting tied up as well. But there's always like a ransom and... <laughs> i mean i just i think it's role play it's part of being a human
1: (laughs) do you like being the damsel or the villain
2: these days i prefer being the villain because i no longer feel that comfortable with anybody being a villain with me it's more that it's more that than uh I don't know. I just, I like a good villain, but not everybody's a good villain. Maybe my standards have gotten too high and
1: you have to be a really good villain. (laughs) What does it take to be a good villain? Know uh, your art. This is very
2: important. Know what each model is good at. Do a little research ahead of time. We all have different positions we're more comfortable at. Things we are... Uh, just better at. I have a big mouth. I used to be able to put giant gag in it. I could do reverse prayer. A lot of models couldn't do that. So I was always, I always liked it when people knew that and liked it because it felt like they did their research and they cared that it mattered versus doing the same scene. I don't think you can be good and do the same scene with each person after each person after each person. You have to really tailor it on who they are. Yeah. So you, I think with experience it's harder to be a, a good villain. Yeah. that's
1: it. Do you have villains you look up to? Oh,
2: some of them will forever be excellent villains. <laughs> like Jim Weather will always be one of the best rigor in the world for me. Like, no matter what. I can't take his bondage anymore. There's that too, you know, of being mm-hmm. a damsel. It's just you're... You, I don't know, your your strength becomes... It changes, like, your what you can endure and for how long, just how flexible you are. All of this changes, your body changes. So it is, I think, becomes harder to become a damsel with time, but the spirit is still there, for sure. And who is... Oh, there's so many good villains. There's a lot of really talented doms these days like female doms that I think are creating incredible scenes so I feel like for me it used to be a male villain world and it has become a female villain's world
1: (laughs) I don't know and I'm sure you've worked with her but I always see Diana Knight as oh my gosh one of the most amazing villains just with that voice.
2: She's very theatrical and I think that's that's what it is. Jean Bardot is very Machiavellic and I know it's part of her being. And then I don't know like Joel is always very sexual Dom. Like mm-hmm. everybody has their pluses everybody has you know things they're good at. Uh, Nisa Nevers, for me, is very playful. So is Christina. So it's it's a very different dynamic. It really depends.
1: You mentioned Jean Bardot, Mm -hmm. and I simply love Jean Bardot. She's one of my friends. But you two, and you even mentioned it in the first five, were part of something called Gwen Media, Mm -hmm. which may have had some of the most beautifully shot beautifully produced fetish content that ever came down the pike. Did you all know you were doing something special when you were doing those videos?
2: So I felt it right away because the owner who unfortunately passed away, Bob Zach, uh, was, oh my God, he was such a fetishist. He would spend every penny he had on getting the latest wardrobe making contact with people in Europe that would send us prop, uh, renting a warehouse that would spend hours building, see, uh, you know, uh, sets that look like movie sets. So it was, it was not just, a, it was not a business. It was really a, a labor of love and all of us involved felt it. And we all like knew we were part of something special because of us could afford any of the stuff we had we were wearing or playing with or doing and so it was it was a candy store for us to do that and um some producers I feel like took the torch on Lexi Sindel I feel like is one of them Uh she does a completely different genre than Gwen Media did she does Femdom Empire and it's females dominant with male submissive but the way she lights it and the outfits and the scene i mean it's it's very more it's much more sexual than it used to be at gwen media but sort of this high-end beautiful (laughs) hard fetish that i just dig so much
1: (laughs) what was it about the approach that made it so different because it felt different to watch that
2: um, that I don't know. I I I just think it it's because he was the owner was so much into it, and then he managed to create a group of people: photographer, videographer, uh, wardrobe people, people working in the offices on the website and such, and everybody involved on set. Everybody was really into it. So and he was re like. Most of the jobs, you get it once and that's it. Okay, you never get to do it again or work with the same people. But to, and I think that's a mistake. I think the producers who do best have this core group of models that they keep working with that is their their stars. And I feel like that's really still relevant these days is they really define your brand versus using any newbie who's just there for the paycheck. I think it really makes a big difference to find people who love it.
1: It seemed to have more of a feminine vibe to it, though. Yeah. And that's what... uh, You mentioned Bob being the owner, but it really seemed to be female-driven as far as things that not only would tantalize men, but there were things that would tantalize women as well
2: in this
1: very beautiful way of presenting fetish.
2: It was it was definitely unique and they really got good equipment and everything. It made a big difference as far as production value at the time, which set them apart. And Bob let female dominance lead. So... We we every I I did all damsel work for him the mostly, and but I always felt confident because I knew which direction we were going with. But everybody was so professional, and again, like no matter what fetish you work in, whether it's behind the camera or uh, in your personal life, I really feel like you need to know what you're doing to To be good at it, to be safe. It's very, and, and the experience is so different when somebody knows what they're doing. This power exchange, these feelings, you really can't have a good scene unless you know what you're doing.
1: I recently did my first content ever. Oh, <laughs> tell it, me. it was interesting. Uh, one was a shaving scene. Mm -hmm. with my body out there in the open for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. My face was hooded. Mm -hmm. But we set up something where she ripped the hood off and did the head, too.
2: Oh, that's pretty intense.
1: And even though I knew it was content being shot, I still got lost in the moment.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I can't tell you how many times that happened to me. Uh, my friend Nicolette, Mistress Nicolette from Los Angeles, is one of the, the best floggers in this world. When she, it's like a dance, it's like a massage, it's like it goes up and down in intensity. It, it goes from pleasure to pain, back to pleasure. I mean, really like when you know what you're doing. What a
1: difference. What was your favorite thing to experience? What got you into that beautiful headspace more than anything?
2: The clothes. Yeah, I cannot, and I did not dig uh, damsel in distress while wearing civilian clothes as much. If they were pantyhose and like maybe secretary wear, I was okay with it, but for me, the clothes puts me in a character. If there's no clothes involved, it's hard to get, I still do it. Like if I have to do something in my life, hair and makeup first, (laughs) (laughs) and then the clothes, like it just, I don't know, it just grounds you for the right character, for the right part.
1: Have you had a favorite character?
2: Oh God! Uh, I've had a lot of them. It's it's been a long
1: time. I won't make you pick just one.
2: <laughs> uh, we, let's go back to web media. We did a series called The Asylum, and I was it was a very psychological thriller and loved it. That was Bob asked me what I wanted to do, and I said I wanted to do that. I wanted to be this woman who didn't know the difference between. Uh, reality and fantasy and where it went back and forth and we tried to do this on film and it was very over the top but I love the the crossover of of you know fantasy mixing with reality so I like that character um what have I liked I didn't think I was gonna like the cosplay as much as I end up doing liking it and I fighted it for years for years And I, once I embraced it, I loved it so much because again, there was just no limit into it. So these characters, I love being my husband's muse for his painting. That also (laughs) like, you know, he's a pinup artist and he on occasion paints me. And again, like it's always a sexual or dominant woman, but it's like, Again, it's another side of, I think every time you can find a different side of you that you didn't know, it's exciting.
1: One of the things that I really discovered at FetishCon last year is those of you who are married and have partners have the most supportive people in the world.
2: It's not easy (laughs) to find people, I have to tell you. I think.
1: <laughs> I think of your husband and the joy that he always showed being around you and being around other people.
2: Yeah. I so think I'll of- tell you something about this. Please. I you know for years models would pretend they were always single for fan purposes and work mm-hmm. purposes. I disagree and I've never hidden that I had a partner. Many of my friends do the same and honestly I think it's healthy Because a lot of us are poly. A lot of us are okay with, you know, moving our boundaries. And doesn't mean you can't be in a healthy, loving, balanced relationship. And I think it's more positive, if you are, to to let people know this exists. And you can be here, too, with your partner and enjoy it. And everybody's having fun. I think it's healthier to know that... Uh it doesn't have to be a solo adventure,-, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. and the thing that really drew my attention to you and your husband together is it's truly a partnership. I didn't feel like he was the husband, he was your buddy that you were around and smiling the whole time, yeah,
2: that's why I'm with him. <laughs> I've had a previous husband, which was a lot more dominant and a lot less uh, trust, trustful, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to find the right person for you. And I am a switch and I definitely need somebody balanced like me. Like I can't have too much of a dominant role. I can't have too much of a submissive role. So of course, but It exists, you can find, you can be in this business or uh, type of lifestyle and find people alike. It does exist and I'm, I'm so happy to see more and more of my friends finding people who matches their personality but I have to tell you, it's not always been an easy journey for many of them, like I have witnessed a lot of pain
1: but when it works, Heart it's heartbreaks Yeah. You said you were a switch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're so damn nice. How can you be mean?
2: <laughs> I'm a little naughty.
1: <laughs> Does it take work for you to get mean?
2: No, it, it makes me, uh, I want to see people crave it. And I love when somebody's like, push me. this to me take me further and then get excited over it yeah I like that very much I like people are either you know sadistic and they just they it 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 makes them happy to do it I I guess I'm a giver I'm a giver even in (laughs) in predicaments but I like I like knowing that the other person is enjoying themselves within this journey
1: As I'm talking to you, I'm coming off four straight days of kink with some people that I absolutely love down in Florida, multiple people doing scenes with, but the thing that I enjoyed the most was the fact that there was just this beautiful connection with every single one of them and to give them the trust to push me the way they did is one of my favorite things because it really says i trust you enough because i love you enough
2: and and that's always important and but you have you have to also be very honest with yourself and voice it when it's no longer good for you or healthy mm-hmm. for you like, it's great to experience and to give trust for people and uh, push yourself further. But you also have to recognize when it's no longer correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, trust is just everything, everything, whether it's in your personal life or on camera. And that's why I myself like to shoot a lot with the same people, it's because I can just abandon myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not. Like having a panic attack over, are they going to do something that is going to go wrong? No, just go ahead. Do it. (laughs) Have fun with me.
1: (laughs) I love calling the world that we live in. The world that exists when the rest of the world goes away when we're in it. Yeah. Describe that feeling for you.
2: Just again like it's stepping into that fantasy world in your real world. Like not just having it in your brain and in your fan you know, your dreams, your fantasies, but actually like creating it and stepping in it for a certain amount of time. It's so liberating. It is just I don't know. It I don't do drugs. I'm very behaving with alcohol and uh, just uh, fan to me BDSM is that it's that (laughs) release that I will never I don't need other ways
1: when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want more with Anastasia Pierce about fetish con and also about the joy of helping others do great content when we come back Hi Dawn. Hi Dan. Recently we put together a brand new book called Hearts and Collars, reflecting 20 years in a power exchange relationship. It's 350 pages of what we've been living for the past 20 years.
2: Indeed. And it's got chapters like communication. Power exchange and spirituality.
1: How to be a leader. High protocol. Becoming a follower. Rituals. The new porch time. Victim, survivor and thriver. Power exchange and polyamory. Submissive versus wife the Practical Contract Guide, Relationship shor- Shorthand,
2: as well as other tools and experiences we've had over the years.
1: Check it out at eroticawakening.com slash collars. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn.
2: Are you curious about kink but don't know where to begin? <laughs> or maybe you have a friend who, while they appreciate your interest in BDSM, they don't really
0: understand what it's all about you should check out kink for the curious
2: it's a fun little activity book with color pages and word finds lots of silly puns (laughs) Uh, but lots of solid bdsm and kink information written by somebody who's been in the business for almost 30 years
0: kink for the curious A BDSM activity book for
2: beginners, written by Princess Natasha Strange, that's me, (laughs) is available on Amazon. Go get it now. Welcome to the Yoni-verse. I'm
0: Scarlett. And I'm Anya. The Flaming Yoni podcast is a celebration of the beautiful and unique expressions of female sexuality.
2: From asexual to megasexual, from lifelong monogamy to relationship anarchy, from deep spiritual
0: bonds of sacred union to spur-of-the-moment flames. It is all infused with Yoni energy. Search for the Flaming Yoni on your favorite podcast platform. You will not leave the same as when you came. Hi there. I'm Nookie. My pronouns are she, hers, and I'm the founder of Dating Kinky, a different kind of dating and educational site for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Catch me in my own podcast, Dating Kinky. And now back to John and their guest on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
1: Thank you, Nookie, and welcome back to the program. Joined by the one and only Anastasia Pierce as we get ready to head to FetishCon. FetishCon is a place where so many people produce so much content. But after that content is shot and even produced, there has to be a way to get it out to the public. And I know that your passion is to help content producers be their best selves tell me how important that is to you yes
2: this has been my new uh passion lately and it started last year and i was i'm gonna tell you i've naturally done it always and just like you were saying earlier how last year i introduced you to some of my friends and people I've always done it. If there was a new model that came, I would introduce her or him to producers who were there on site and all of that. Because I really love and believe in this community and it is hard to find, uh, to find your way. It's It takes a lot of research and you can make a lot of mistakes. And I, I'd rather, there's there's room for everybody. So for me, it's never been a competition. It's been, um, <laughs> how do you call it? Seniority, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, in in reverse, people are introduced to new people, introduced me to new people. And these days, it's kind of moved on more online because now people are, no work, are working from everywhere in the world. And I feel like I can do the same thing with classes and teaching them how to brand themselves and how to shoot video clips and how to listen to their fans likes and dislikes, how to to match your character based on your uh, likes and dislikes, really help creators navigate towards success. Uh, based on my experience, I have a lot of guests when I do now these days labs to where uh, I will approach one subject. I just did one on video clips and I had Christina Carter there and I wanted her to give her perspective on it. We've never been this lucky. We've never had anybody hold our hands, coach us, take a look at what we were doing, give us some feedback. It was like the wild, wild west. And I love that it's no longer is, that it's more partnership. I love that all the big companies now are, gearing towards helping their creators and supporting them and being there for them and listening to them and changing things on platform based on feedback. I'm like oh, finally this is unbelievable. Like we are heard as creators, we're being considered, we're being respected, we're being uh seen. And if i can help newbies oh my god i love it or even people who've been around for a while and they just burn out and they they can't see through the everyday or uh who needs to change things a little bit and they because sometimes it's hard to change you're so set your ways that you just can't see or listen to your fans again like Trends change, uh, you're going to get new people. Inter- inter- ways to interact with fans have changed as well. And that's very important to understand how to do it how- in a good way. So, yes, I'm so excited about that. And I hope to do it forever.
1: <laughs> like podcasts, where it used to be said everybody has a podcast. People will do three or four and realize how much work it is.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I do a class, Mm -hmm. it takes me just to do the slides. I usually, I like a lot of slides. I like a lot of visual. About 30 slides in my classes for one hour class. It takes me, I'd say, 15 hours to like prep it, rehearse it, review it. Uh, I run it through other people to see if they think the content is interesting, uh, educative, helpful, redundant. If you like that, you have to do it well. To do you, you really? Can, I mean, you can't improvise. You have to really like dig in.
1: One thing I'm guessing about you is that you probably make a lot of these interactive. It's not just you talking. Oh, no.
2: I always mix in stories, real events, because I feel like people can relate better with real stories. It's easier to put themselves in a situation. Facts are interesting and they're good to take a screenshot and use as reference, but they're not going to stick. So I think personal experiences are much more valuable when it comes to teaching, coaching, and... I like to have, I didn't have guests at first, but then I do like to bring in somebody because I feel it brings a whole new perspective mm-hmm. and array of, of experience. Um, new sides gets brought up as well. And we don't do this alone. We don't do this for ourselves. So It's great to share. It's great to share. It's great to do it together. I'd love to do it even further, like in person. If I could do a little workshop of shooting clips and people, you know, would participate in all of this, but I kind of don't want to organize them, but (laughs) (laughs) I think those would be great. Those would be really great to do big collaborations.
1: I could see some regional workshops where you go to different places in the country where it's a place where you could actually shoot some clips mm-hmm. and work on that part as well. But that's me pie in the sky. Again. Yeah.
2: And I, I thought of opening studios, you know, and having people come through and uh, coaching them with shooting stuff and have them collaborate, but it becomes this big uh, paperwork nightmare, mm-hmm. you know, this, the, the health, Every city has uh, health inspectors and such. Mm -hmm. It just became too complicated, so I stayed away from it. But I love the idea of it. I love the concept.
1: What is something that someone has taught you during the classes that you were surprised to learn?
2: Oh, my God, it's been so much. Um, Maybe to shoot less. Like instead of i think that's what i've heard i learned late in life i would shoot everything trying to please everybody and every fetishes and then i heard from another instructor like just focus on less subject and give enough of those fans that subject and i think that's one of the advice i'm giving these days is you know just pick a five fetishes, six fetishes, and just shoot those. Once in a while, shoot something new. But really, it is hard to build a core audience if you're just all over the place. And also, because you have to know your subject well, uh, I think that also falls into place.
1: Unless your name is Ludella Han and you do everything.
2: she does but she doesn't like her too she went through cosplay inflation and this and that mm-hmm. she's tried all the stuff and then she realized that her <laughs> audience is these these things that she's really good at these i mean she does spread herself a lot as, as far as uh types of fetishes
1: she's just fun i've had her on the show and i was like where is this imagination?
2: Oh, my God. From? She's a genius. She's a genius. Like those concepts and she makes them come through. That's why I love to collaborate with her. I would have done it a million more times. But, you know, we and that's the thing, too. We inspire each other. We see like seeing her do a special effect made me want to do special effects for myself and then made other people want to do special effects. All this kind of extra work that has nothing to do with skiing just became like, it's, it's fun. It just brings another level to your work.
1: What is something that people come into your classes that they think they know, but really don't realize how much they don't know?
2: Uh, might be marketing. Uh, Because I've been a one-person company for so long, I find a lot of different ways to get attention and buzz. And a lot of people don't think of all the possibilities to advertise their products. Maybe that's what it is. Or the importance of the package presentation, you know, the, the, the cover art the preview the tags the titles the description you really if you have a good product but you have a bad packaging nobody's gonna purchase it so I think maybe that is something I'm really I have helped a lot of people last year is like go back and change your titles add more description rewrite things show them really the best parts of that clip and not just what's convenient. Like you really have to, you have to be a a marketer to to sell your product well. So maybe again, like doing less, but better. And uh, Ludella is one of them. She, I believe she released one product per week, but it's impeccable. Mm -hmm. And then people expect it and her standard stays high. And it's also, you have to be like um, consistent. That's huge, huge, huge. And a lot of people are not consistent. So again, it's like, I tell people it's like TV shows. If you don't have another season, they're going to move on to a new show. So you have to like plan, schedule, work towards the future, keep that quality of work uh satisfy your existing customer just try to to get um new ones it is really hard to juggle all this these task i mean that is for sure <laughs> something difficult to do is to be you know the producer the makeup artist the editor the special effect person the marketer the uploader the <laughs> it is it takes a lot a lot of will and a lot of drive
1: I was looking through my bookmarks, and one of my bookmarks happened to be House of Gord, and there was a very young Anastasia Pierce right in front of me. Yes. (laughs) You have done so many things in your life, and you have had this wonderful career. Is there something that's still out there that you dream of doing?
2: Oh God, I, I, there's a lot, always, yes, always. Um, I've considered putting my own events on here in Vegas, but I know it's not so kink friendly as a city. Really? Yeah, like it's very sex friendly, but not so much kink friendly. I know they did Bond Con for a little bit in Vegas. it was very complicated for them to do it. So maybe that is something that would interest me. But again, like I want it good and I want it to a certain standard and elegant and classy and fun and accessible. It's it's difficult to to reach all those different things. Um, Maybe something more mainstream, like I wish we all had bigger budget to do a big movie festival and have people, you know, participate with bigger movies. But that's really, really, it has, the world of clips has take o- taken over um, features. And I don't know if we're ever gonna come back to that, unfortunately, I'd love more documentaries, showcasing, you know, incredible people in this business. There's a, There's a lot of <laughs> ideas exploding in my brain. <laughs>
1: Well, I've been working on this documentary project myself, and I'll talk to you about it as well, where I just think that it's so important for people to understand what we do and why we do it.
2: Absolutely. And it's healthy, again, like, I really want to take that taboo of like, uh, just... Anybody can do this. Anybody can be into it. It's okay to be into it. There's nothing wrong with you to be into it. It's healthy to explore your kink side. And I've always been a big advocate of that. Like you can be happy, healthy, and be super kinky.
1: And we both be uh, will be making our way home to FetishCon in August. I cannot I wait, wait to see you there.
2: I am May so excited. May have to figure out some desires. fun adventures
1: on the red carpet, or
2: <laughs> I know I'm starting to put my wardrobe together. <laughs> so are you, aren't you?
1: Yes, putting together lots of cat suits. My custom. The, the one sad thing is my custom outfits aren't going to get made because of a production problem. But I just kind of reimagine things, so I'm going to be nice and sparkly and there
2: you go. fun. One year I came with angel wings made of feathers in my suitcase one year i came with an armor from a movie maker who does it for Mm -hmm. mainstream i mean it's like so fun to just plan and try to to bring things there out of the ordinary i miss uh the days of having guests of honors Mm -hmm. that was for many many years fetish Khan had about a 10 guests of honor and they were creators who worked with a lot of producers and were more known in the business and we all had a little booth and we would chat with people. That was fun. I I liked that. There were long days because we had long, long nights.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) But uh, I wish they would bring this back in a different way. I don't know. Like maybe a booth with multiple people where uh people creators can stop by yes Lips for sale is a little bit like this mm-hmm. but just further further than that like where it's not for brands it's just for themselves
1: hmm yeah sounds very interesting very well, inspirational I
2: mean, any you can meet anybody at Felishkan just walking around you don't have to go to a booth to meet them you can just meet them in the hallway yeah and at the parties
1: you mentioned packing something and I'm going to end with this because it yes. literally just happened to me. Tell me your funniest story of going through airport security and them opening up your bag. Oh,
2: they would always tell my movies. Always, <laughs> I would always come with DVDs because that's what I was doing. And there was always a few that were missing. There was always the tag saying we checked it. But things were always missing. They never stole wardrobe or or uh, toys or anything like this, but movies every single time. Yeah, so I think people liked it.
1: <laughs> I will share with you my story since this literally happened yes, yesterday please. and the first day. I'm flying from Cincinnati to Daytona for this wonderful four-day kink party that I was able to go to. And in there, uh, it's just a carry on. I'm on a discount airline, so it's just a carry on. Of course, it has a paddle in it. Oh, yeah. And it has spiked boots in it. Yes. And it has, I think I took down six or seven cat suits. <laughs> but it was this one thing that got my bag pulled in Cincinnati. What was it? And that was a bra bag. That had fake boobs in it.
2: Oh, my God. Really?
1: Because they thought they were liquid. And, you know, you can't take liquid on a carry-on. So the guy pulls it to the side, opens it up. And I said, have fun. (laughs) And he pulls out and he starts squishing the bra (laughs) bag. And he goes, what is this? I said, you're going to find boobs in there. (laughs) <laughs> and he went what I said boobs. boobs and he looks at me I said they're for they're for costume play costume parties and he opens it up and he goes oh my god sure enough <laughs> close it back up he goes okay you have a great day I said it's the price I pay for ha- having to play <laughs> and he yes. just started laughing Oh,
2: that's nice though.
1: But I had to come home too. <laughs> so I put my bag through security.
2: Oh, of course.
1: And I this time I say to them, there's a pair of fake boobs in there. That oh, you just told com-
2: them. You just I, yes, that are,
1: that are gonna come up on your x-ray and you're gonna think they're liquid. Yeah. They pulled it aside again. This time they open it up. And because they're worried that the liquid might be explosive, they do the the swab, the swab thing on them. Yes. Well the woman did the swab on the bra bag and then opened it up and let the man do the swab <laughs> on the actual swab. boob. So funny. And he's hesitant. he's like, I don't know what to do here. (laughs) You had him confused. And of course, he swabs the nipple. And I said, well, they are double Ds, enjoy. Uh, And they said, what do you have this for? I said, well, I do uh, parties and do some costume play. And sometimes I wear fake boobs. I said, I'm getting ready to go host a red carpet event down at FetishCon. And they go, what is FetishCon? I said, it's a place where a bunch of kinky people get together and it's a trade show. And they go, how do you spell that? So I said, (laughs) when I I talk to Genesis Lynn, I'll be going, you're going to have these two TSA agents from uh, from Orlando coming down wanting to be. (laughs) Absolutely. No,
2: this is amazing. Yes.
1: I thought that would be a fun way to I check in all the naughty
2: stuff. I I don't take them in my carry-on. I got too much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anastasia Pierce, I cannot wait to give you a big old hug when I see you because you are just one of the delightful people in my life.
2: I I can't wait to see you. I teach onboarding every Thursday for loyal fans. I teach a lab for them as well. I help all creators uh, through my Twitter. Just feel free to reach out to me for anything you might need. Um, I love helping out uh, people who love to do what we do. And don't hesitate. I never charge for any of it either. (laughs) So don't be shy. Come to me. And even from the fan perspective, you know, if fans have questions about how to approach dominas at events or how to do scenes with people. I, I'm happy to talk about protocol and you know what's what's appropriate, what's a nice way to approach other people in this business. But come to FetishCon, it's gonna be amazing.
1: Your heart is so big, and that's one of the things I love about you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will see you soon. See you at FetishCon. Yes. Always great talking to Anastasia, and I can't wait to see her at FetishCon. Anastasia was actually an ambassador for me, introducing me to so many amazing people within this industry, and I can never thank her enough. If it weren't for Anastasia, I don't think we would be the official podcast of FetishCon, so I really appreciate all the things that she's done for this show, and I hope we repay it in just a little way by helping her as much as we possibly can.
0: Here's what's coming up on the next edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans
1: Want, presented by Dating Kinky. She's the hardest working model in the business. Now, that's an unofficial title, but Rachel Adams creates more content in more different ways than just about anybody I know. Well, at least anybody I know personally. Rachel Adams will be our guest next time on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Once again, thank you to Anastasia for being with us, and thank you for being with us. And oh, by the way, the episode with Rachel Adams coming up next week, it's a video episode. And in two weeks, we'll be visiting with Liz River, who's the vendor coordinator for FetishCon, but oh, so much more. And she'll be with us on a video presentation of the show can't wait to get down to fetish con it's coming up very soon august 10th through the 13th you can get your tickets at fetishcon.com and we'll be presenting special content down there i'll be teaching four different classes as well as hosting red carpet events so if you're at the meet and greet or at the red carpet on thursday or on sunday come on by and we'll do an interview for the program until then and always, I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I always remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always.
0: What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. Join us on Twitter at What Women Want P One, on Instagram at What Women Want Podcast, for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast.com. And now select shows are available in video format at youtube.com/datingkinky. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky, built by Kingsters for Kingsters, poly, queer, transfolk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free.